we do that introduction, welcome everyone to the final 2021 edition of Tuesday Night Live. Joining me, of course, as usual, Peter J. How are you going, Peter? Really well, mate. How are you? A bit, oh, bit of a big afternoon. Bloody loud, mate. Um, yeah, Sorry. good. It was a big <laughs> You've been on the run. Loud and proud. <laughs> no, it was a good afternoon, wasn't it? It was a very good afternoon. For those uh, not aware, we were invited, along with a couple of the other podcasts, down to Crow's Heartland to have a chat with uh, Tim Silvers. He was very forthcoming, very open, and um, it was very valuable, and he gave us some exclusive time at the end just to ask a few questions. So uh, uh, never mind. Hopefully uh, all is good with the stream and audio. If there's any dramas with the audio stream, just let me know. As I said, I got this uh, together in about 2.8 seconds, so (laughs) don't hate me. Um, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube, of course. Um, and again, as usual, all those who support us on Patreon. Peter, what do you reckon? What do you reckon we start off with um, said interview, hey? Yes, yep, smash straight into it. I think we just smash straight into it. See, and that's what happens when you try to do something real quick. <laughs> uh, right. Pete, you talk about this afternoon and I'll get this little audio sorted. Sure thing. Well, I thought that um, there was some really interesting stuff, but I think that um, just as a general overview for the listeners and, um, and for us, I, it was great to have been invited down there and it was actually on Tim Silver's request. He is a um, very cognizant of uh, social media platforms and fan platforms that um, surround the club and he was keen to engage and importantly he was keen to uh, be on board and to assist uh, wherever he could. Now what that actually meant as the discussions proceeded is that um, uh, there was a, a, a genuine sort of um, understanding and goodwill to um, try and help out with um, with players and player interviews and official interviews, um, assistant coaching interviews, uh, and that kind of thing. And so, um, J Mac, the um, comparison was chalk and cheese, and it's really, I think that it's best best described as just putting it as that um, Tim Silvers is just is just a um, a footy person, and it yeah. just that it actually just felt like we were sitting down at a pub just talking about footy. And he was really forthcoming. It was great because he's on list management committee, and so he talked to us a lot about the draft and a lot about the players and and um, and how they how he saw um, the the young talent from this year. And so, uh, but he his focus is very much the football club, and um, his focus is very much getting us to our own um, our own home. He's really, really big on, on getting that set up. He, you know, it, not necessarily from the point of view of a um, 
a post-match or a bit, just a place that members can go. And, and whether that be, you know, going down there for a meal or watching training or, you know, something like that, um, he, he's just incredibly um, uh, uh, focused on, on that. So that's yep. a, a really, really good thing. And right. yes, PJ, there was muffins. There was muffins. There was they muffins were smaller, but smaller, but more of them. And and most importantly, there was um, Flurio um, iced coffee. So yeah, that's <laughs> what I was happy with. All right, we got this sorted now. So let's kick into it. That's right. All right. Thanks, Tim, for coming onto the Crowcast. Always appreciate um, people from the Crows uh, coming on board, and we've had a bit of a chat this afternoon, which has been really helpful. Um, I guess I'll start off by asking, you've come from a period at Hawthorne where they probably developed into a powerhouse and now you've come into the Crows um, at a stage where we're probably refreshing. Do you see many similarities? Well, look, I do. I came into the Crows and we were going through a similar reset. There's been some major changes, that, that being a change of senior coach, a new head of footy, a new chair, and then I was probably the, the fourth pillar to come through with it, um, as a CEO. And uh, that's that's what happened, I suppose, at Hawthorne at, at, when I first started. And I saw them make some bold decisions with their list at that time and um, have some veterans moved on and then go to the draft. And we've seen that over the last couple of years. And uh, I think our challenge now is that we've, we've committed to this strategy. We're going through a rebuild. We have to get on the journey and, you know, uh, develop our young players. And we've got some talent. We've just got to get them to be elite AFL talent now. Yep. Um, and you've got a bit going on, apart from just rebuilding a list at the club. We've got, you know, the venue, we've got COVID. Um, a challenging time for, am I right in saying first time CEO? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, and also you're dealing with uh, staff, well, a reduction in staff as well. How have you been able to cope with the challenges of all of that in a new state, relocating your family? Uh, look, it's had some challenges. I, I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I, I love the challenge, and I love the industry, and I've actually fallen in love with the club straight away. So that there hasn't been any issues with that. There's major challenges with the COVID interruptions, the staff reductions, uh, you know, just challenges in this market. I, I probably underestimated the focus of the media in this market, but it, it can be used for good. So I, I feel like there's some real positives in it. But it's just about me managing my time as well as I can uh, getting the right people in the right positions and give, building a culture that, it, that will create success. And I think we're on our way. We've got a, a fantastic coach in Matthew Nix that's building a successful culture. I just now have to um, support him in the best way I can and bringing in people like Darren Burgess from successful programs will hopefully help him to deliver on that. Yep. Um, and just on Darren, uh, how difficult was it to get Darren out of Melbourne? There was talk last year that he might come across. Um, you know, uh, he comes from a very successful background, obviously, with uh, exposure down the road as well. Was that a fait accompli or was that a real labour? Oh, I think with, with Darren is that he, he had moved around to a number of clubs and he'd been in successful programs all across the world. So he's a talent regarded as the best in the industry. So we had a genuine interest in him last year. 
and we had another shot at him this year. However, he was he was still in contract, which can be a major hurdle. But he he had um, some a personal situation that was sort of probably in our favour, um, where he's he's got his kids living living over here. He's two two kid two young kids, and he wanted to get uh, greater access to them, and hasn't been able to with border restrictions. So uh, we were able to um, talk to him, get a deal done, uh, work it through with Melbourne because his focus was to get to get back to Adelaide. And what also helped is that he has a strong relationship with Matthew Nix. He'd been with Matthew Nix at, at Port for a number of years and they even had a throwaway conversation, I think, six or seven years ago that Nixie said if he was going to be senior coach, he wanted Darren as his head of, head of fitness and yeah. we've been able to bring that to fruition. There you go. I probably not. A lot of people made that connection. I didn't until you just said it. Yeah, so they, they worked together for a long time and he from the day I walked in the door, he, he did say he's the best in, best in the game and if we can get him, let's let's go for it. And we'll, A few things probably went our way, but um, he's going to be an important, a very important element of our club. Yeah. Um, probably one of the biggest factors over the last 12 months or 24 months has been COVID. And we've had the situation with Denny in the in the women's uh, competition, bit of stuff going around at the moment in the papers with regards to a board member, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How difficult has it been for the club to manage all of that and still keep the eye on the ball in terms of football? No doubt, there's challenges in footy in this game. There seems to be um, spanners thrown left, right, and centre, and this is just another one. And in the COVID times, where we've got restricted capacities, you don't know where you're going to play on a Thursday before a Saturday or a Sunday game. We've just needed to be flexible and agile. And this is just another instance that there's a change of goalposts here. To get into the Adelaide Oval, you need to be vaccinated. So we're, we're asking all our members and our fans to be vaccinated. We think and we support the policy of the AFL that, um, you know, for the health and safety of the community, we ask that all, all our people are vaccinated. And look, we, there's, um, and I respect freedom of choice, but um, Denny has made the decision, which she has, and I support her in that she can make that decision. But unfortunately, it means that she can no longer be part of the club. So she is a wonderful player for a long period of time, a foundation player, two-time premiership player. But now she is not part of our club. We need to sort of reset and, you know, look at bringing on another player onto our list. Uh, yeah. That's that's the harsh reality of the situation we're in. We, we, can, we can look back on it a little bit, but we've got to move forward, which is the harsh reality. Yeah. Um, so I gather all our draftees and recruits for the for this year are all double backs or in the process of being Yep. So all, all expectations um, for all draftees to nominate, they needed to be double back. Uh, at least one vaccination, and I think the second vaccination date is upcoming. Yeah. So they all had to make make that commitment, um, which is, like I said before, it's the reality of Adelaide Oval. It's going to be the reality of all stadiums, I think. Um, speaking of the stadium, how difficult is it to project revenue and trying to nail some future targets when you know things are so up in the air? Did, if you have like you know scenario A, B, and C in terms of your revenue models, uh, we do, and we have to uh, because we can't overcommit in our spend uh, just in case there's risks on crowds and membership um, in the upcoming year. Our, but our members and our commercial partners have stuck by us for two years, and we've been incredibly thankful, and it's set us up to have a pretty reasonable business model. But And I want to grow the club because we've lost so many staff, but we are just going to um, see how the first part of next year goes. 
And as we develop and hopefully we come out of COVID um, and we get crowds back and revenues increase, that we'll be able to build up our staff base. Is that is the the um, the moving target with revenue? Is that having any impact at all on the um, you know potential bids for the various venues that we're looking for in terms of our home base? Uh, it in some ways a little, but in others it's not. It's the focus for a new base is that we, we want to be a, a destination club. We. We want to be at a new facility that houses both our men's and women's and sample sample team. Um, so it's revenue is a component we need to uh, we need to get through the the next little while. But we're also really focused, and it's a priority of ours to find a new elite training and admin facility that's not only for our players and staff, but it's for our members, fans, and supporters to congregate. Yeah. Um- so we were talking uh, before this interview, you are part of the list management committee. Was Were you in the room the other day? I was, I was. It was a great experience. And Is that your life, first time in, in, uh, at, on draft night? Or? I've, I've been to a few, but um, not in recent years. So I haven't been part of live trading, which throws another element to it. Uh, however, we were, and our list management team, I've got to give them credit, they were, they were very innovative in their thoughts and they had a, a heap of different plans and it was their grand final on if this player is on the board and we're at pick 36 as an example, that we had strategies. And I, and I think in, over the last couple of years I've seen us be very innovative in that space and um, I think we, we had a really good result. If you had have said the three players that we got um, with our picks that we'd able to walk out on sort of Thursday night with that sort of success, we were really happy. Yeah, okay. Um, could you tell the supporters, yes or no, are we genuinely aiming for finals in 2022? I don't want to put a number on it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want to put pressure on ourselves. But what, what I want to say is that we are striving for continual improvement on the field. You'll see we're going to give opportunities to a lot of our kids, um, going to play them in position, out of position, but we want to play a brand of footy that stacks up in finals. And you'll see a competitive nature. You know, we, we, we had some ups and downs last year, but I think overall, apart from two games, we are competitive. We showed this spirit. We showed buy-in. And we need to continue to show that, but we need to get better as a group and develop our players they're elite talent, but they need to be elite AFL talent. And we've got the right coaches to develop them, and you'll see improvement on the field next year. I'm sorry, I have to ask this question. There's a lot of people around that might be uh, uh, stuck on the club changing the logo sometimes, soon. Thoughts? We had a bit of a discussion about this off, <laughs> off air. It, it, I must admit in my nine months it hasn't been a priority. However, I am starting to feel a, a lot of feedback over the last, especially the last six weeks. And, you know, my focus is on finding a new home and a new facility. However, I've got to take on, take on all parts of feedback and it is something that I'll, I'll review over time. And if we are to relocate into the future, which I'm hopeful that we will do in the next two years, that might be a start of a new era that um, could be timely with a new logo. Um, just on supporter sentiment, um, you came at a, to the club at a time when there was probably a bit of negativity around the club. Have you been conscious of the turnaround in the public's attitude or the Crow supporters' general attitude, and does that give you confidence about the direction that the club's heading? Look, we are getting some really positive feedback, which I think is great, and sometimes I, I reflect and I think, is this just a halo effect of me coming in with a different, different focus and a different uh, strategic priority? 
but I, I can't get too caught up in that. I just need to stand for what I believe in. I want to be open and transparent. Um, I've got a different priority with how we're going to connect to our past and a football-first focus. So I'm going to deliver that. I'm going to deliver that with the support of the Adelaide Crows and the executive team, which I think are, are some really good operators there. And, you know, the success will be in the pudding. But I, I feel a positive sentiment at the moment. Um, so we're, we feel like we're doing some of the right things, but uh, we'll continue to get better. And last one, uh, Tim, and thanks very much for your time. Um, you know, we've heard about successful Sydney teams having the Bloods culture and you've been part of a very successful era at Hawthorne. If you had to put a little motto or, you know, mission statement or something around where the Crows are at the moment, what would that be? That's a good question. Uh, one of the values that we're, we're focusing on um, on field and off field is around prioritising others. Um, so it's not about any individuals here. It's around a team, and it's more than just the team. We're a club. We're, we're three teams and one club. So we're all in it together. We need to support each other, and if we support each other well and we're striving for elite success, then I think if we've got the right people, we'll deliver that outcome, and that's what we're striving to do. Tim, thanks for prioritising us today, um, and uh, wish you all the very best. Thanks Thank very you. much. Appreciate your time. So there you go. That was uh, Mr. Silvers. A very forthright, open uh, conversation was had uh, around the table and similarly in his interview with us, uh, which we're very, very grateful for. Um, He answered openly, honestly, and I don't think as an Adelaide supporter, any supporter could be be dissatisfied with that, Peter. Oh, no, and um, um, uh, Razor, well picked up. It was a good interview. Well done, Fane. Sat in the background. I just uh, bowed to the master there to, uh, to allow you to take that one over. But I think one-on-one's better in that kind of environment. Um, they were great questions, and um, he was just a, he's just a really you know, he's an impressive guy because he's just he's just a pure football person, and um, yep. his focus, you know, his focus, and he just I mean, just talking to him, talking to him, you know, he talked us through a little about. A little bit about the South Australian class of draftees and you know his views on them and things like that. And he just sounded like a real football person, didn't he? Like he yeah. just had some great football knowledge. Well, you know, it's interesting. You and I have sat down with Andrew Fagan in the past, and uh, this is certainly no disrespect to Andrew, Andrew because he had many strengths. But the tone was completely different. Andrew was very focused yeah. on on numbers and and. Uh, commercial uh, gains and and uh, revenue and all the things that a CEO should be concerned with, uh, you got the impression that Tim was similarly focused but from a completely different context, uh, from yeah. a completely different angle. So, you know, very focused on fan engagement, very focused on um, being open. Um, you know, the talk around the uh, potential venue there was... There was a, a, a clear um, eye to um, engaging the membership and the fans in that outcome. It, just a completely different tone, don't you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And just a very, um, uh, just a, as I said, just a real footy person sitting at the pub um, having a talk about footy. And, and I think it, like I said at the outset, what augurs well for, um, for, for our fans is as I um, mentioned to him in the, in the talk is that you know 
and it's same for the other two podcasts that were there is, is that you know if you've got that level of engagement in input it's it's critical from the point of view of the listeners well you know are you a credible podcast yeah and if you are able to you know if you're connected with the club in that way and you've got a bit of respect from the club and you know they will supply us with good interviews like that today and also the one coming up shortly and also you know um a, a commitment to doing their best to give us some players and things next year well then you know everybody benefits don't they but, and at the end of the day it's the listeners it's the fans and that's what that's what we're all striving for yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> um and it's you know we had a bit of a laugh during the 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 pre-interview conversation around the logo and all the rest of it but there was a real sense of um you know, a, a refreshing the club and rebuilding, and there was just a lot of conversation around around that. And uh, you know, it, it's hard to get a vibe when you're just sitting around the table with a couple of officials. But uh, if you if you take all the messaging um, uh, as a as a conglomerate over the course of the last twelve months, you, you add in the chat we had today, Peter. Um, it feels like the club is returning to its membership base. It's returning yep. to a football focus, and it has a steely determination to be successful. That and you know, I'm not one to blow smoke up the club's ass, uh, but that was my honest. That's my honest impression as I sit here tonight. Yeah, yep. There's no question about that. And it was interesting that it was, you know, it was Tim himself that drove that that meeting. He, he wanted that meeting. He, yep. he wanted that set up and he wants to engage. And I think, you know, um, when we talked about, you know, how, how they can assist and, um, and you know, the commitment that, that we got to, to help us and that, you know, we wanted to work with them, um, it's great. It's great because in the end, he just wants the fans to, to be engaged. And he did make mention about the fact that, you know, how do we – you know, how do we deal with the fact that we don't have capacity anymore and that some people can't get to games and some people yep. will, in fact, never, ever go back to games? Yep. You know, there are going to be people that won't go back. And so he wants to reach out, I guess, to, you know, and make sure that we scoop all those people up. So I think that, you know, um, whilst, you know, we're only a minor percentage, um, he's covering all of his bases. Yeah. Look, we have to give a big shout-out and thank you to Reese and... Um... God, what was that lady's name? Mm. Deary me, I'm going to get a rap over the knuckles over this. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Reese's uh, colleague, who was more focused on the AFLW, oh my goodness, how can I have forgotten her name? That's terrible. Uh, and Ian Shuttleworth as well. Uh, Reese has been my contact um, during the season uh, at the Crows. It's been a pleasure to deal with. Uh, we've had substantial um, engagement with them and um, the undertaking next year is that it's only going to get more. The, the club is very keen to engage with members on all platforms at all levels. Um, they're very uh, keenly aware that we have a broad scope. You know, we have our international listeners and to those we say hello um, and uh, just it's just so positive. I mean, I don't think I've been so positive about the Crows for a long, long time, a long, long time, Peter, and I would say even before 2017, irrespective of the fact that we're in a grand final, the actual vibe around the club and the atmosphere around the club 
is great and i look forward to us and all the other podcasts as well uh that cover the crows uh having lots of input and engagement from the club yeah i made that point um at the informal part of the meeting that i can't remember a time when there was you know so much genuine positivity um, out there uh, amongst the fans and you know we mentioned that the fan base at at Crowcast is a fan base that will land here and have their say and um, we're certainly not backward in coming forward when things were shit. And they accepted that. And um, But I, I said, that, you know, hand on my heart, honestly, I can't remember a time doing this cast when there's been so much positivity. And, you know, the people, you know, I mean, he, he mentioned you know, this concern about the fact that, you know, we've got rid of some veterans and things like that. Well, you know, I'm just not hearing that. I'm not hearing that concern at all. I'm, 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 all I'm seeing and hearing is all in on the rebuild. We can see that it's being done. We can see it's being done properly. Yep. We've, we've changed over all of the key pillars. We've turned over the list. We've, you know, we've, we've gone for what we think is the best talent available. And, you know, it's just a case now of backing them in and, and, um, and seeing it unfold. And, you know, um, I mean, we saw Matthew Nixon when he came in just yep. quite by accident when you were doing that. And I, I honestly honestly thought that, that this was a genuine kind of look, just a really accidental, quick look. But, geez, was he a jolly bloke, wouldn't he? Just laughing and energetic and um, just, yeah, he seemed like a real character. I was pissed off that he was bloody putting me off my game. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, trying to get him into the interview. But, yeah, well, wouldn't that um, be a <laughs> But anyway, um, no. Yeah. So, um, so no. Um, you know, we uh, we couldn't be. If you look at Olsen, you know, where, where John Olsen has been and yeah. Silver's now, and you know, all the other guys there. We've got the, the good, you know, Nick's. We've got the killer, the pillars in place, and and I, and I love the focus on on getting, um, you know, the, the the new the new home. Yeah. Um, and as he calls it, the destination. And yeah. um, you know, I like the idea of the fact that. It's not just like a shed where you go there after the game. You know, it's a home for members to go to and have a meal and watch training or catch up catch up with other like-minded people. There, there are a couple of elements of that that really impressed me. First of all, that element where that they are keen to have a space where um, members can go. Um, but the other thing was the focus on being a club that a player wants to play at. You know, he yeah. talked about being destination club, and you know that term gets bandied around a lot. But it was really interesting to hear his correlation between uh, the facilities that are provided and uh, the willingness of, of players to want to come here and also to stay here. And if you remember yep. back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, our facilities down at Footy Park were considered, you know, among the best. And they yep. slowly, you know, as other clubs caught up and took over, they slowly slipped down the rankings. And, you know, it's unfortunate what's going on down there with the redevelopment and the squeeze that's been put on the club, um, you know, along with all the all the machinations, you know, politically and between the Sacker and the Sample, etc., to get us to Adelaide Oval, it's it's really pleasing from my point of view that the club is has that as part of its goal to actually be a club, ra- rather than think we're the Adelaide Footy Club, people should want to play for us. It's now, we're the Adelaide Footy Club. How can we make ourselves somewhere where players want to play? It's a key difference exactly. in my view. Yeah. And he mentioned Jordan Dawson, and he mentioned the fact that, you know, he felt that 
um, you know, uh, we did well to get him and uh, it was fortunate, but he, you know, he mentioned that he, he really would have liked to have, you know, he, he wants the club to be, you know, to have that home um, and, yeah. that, you know, that great facility, which, you know, which attracts, um, he, he, interestingly enough, actually, he mentioned some contact. He said that there were two or three contacts um, that, that got the, the deal over the line for Geordie Dawson. Mm. So I don't know who they were. Maybe it was Nick's, maybe it was, who knows, but I think he was talking about, you know, generally approaching players, you know, off the cuff. And... Yep. Yep. No, really good. Um, it, I don't think there are any other real key takeaways. Hey, um, obviously the club continues to work through the COVID situation and, we, you know, Tim spoke about the, the pressures that puts on the club financially, but it feels like they've got a handle on that. Um, and I... I just think it's an exciting time to be involved in in following the club. So uh, excellent all round as Peter's uh, just disappeared for a minute there. I'll try and get him back. Um, don't forget, we are uh, live and interactive, ladies and gentlemen. So if you do want to come and have a say, this is your last opportunity for 2021 to have your dulcet tones broadcast uh, on the Crowcast. So don't be shy, Peter. I've given you the hands up there. Don't be shy, people, if you want to have your say, even if it's just to uh, uh, <laughs> to say, see you later, um, feel free. Um, come on, Pete. Where are you? There you are. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, look, overall, as, as we draw this one to a close, and we won't drag this one out, uh, because most of you would have been around on Sunday night for the for the chat. Um, I've given you there. You are Peter. Are you back with me now? Oh, don't do this to me. Final final podcast technical issues. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah. Look. Uh, <laughs> G'day, buddy. Uh, look, Ed, we have really enjoyed bringing this cast to you. The, the Tuesday Night Live was on hiatus for a while, and uh, we brought it back initially with a bit of a focus on the South Australian draft class this year. Um, and we couldn't have done that, uh, and we couldn't have given you a bit of insight that we did without Peter's involvement. It was fantastic to have Peter back, um, and his current involvement at junior level just gave us a little bit more of an insight into how the South Australian boys were going. Peter, you've uh, got the invite back in, mate. Um, and uh, hopefully people got some value out of that. We'll try to continue that uh, next year in some way, shape or form, um, uh, because I think people got some value out of it. Um, also, um, I know we've been promising this a little bit, but I just received the confirmation text about two seconds before we went live tonight that um, Hamish Ogilvie has made himself available to have a chat with me on Thursday morning. So I will get that together and hopefully have it published um, on the various platforms by the weekend. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yes, that's definitely happening. And again, a massive thank you to Reese uh, down at the club for arranging that for us. Um, we don't often get the big hitters on our our little podcast um but having hamish to go over 
the draft and yes there's been a lot of media and Hamish has done a lot of media but I'll, I'll try as hard as I can to um, mix it up a little bit and ask some uh, uh, questions that may not have been covered in the mainstream um, I don't know Peter what you're doing drop a message in chat mate you're coming in but uh, we can't hear you Um, you're right, PJ Crows. Haggis will be a great interview. It's uh, you know nothing like talking to the bloke at the pointy end uh, when it comes to our recruiting and our drafting. Um, we did get a bit of an insight uh, from Tim about how we were how we were feeling. You know, every club's going to say they got the players that they wanted, but um, you know they did try to get Jason, but it was never going to happen. Um, but they were very very happy with the players that they got. Um, and uh, interesting, uh, a little bit of insight into the um, uh, pre-season draft pick that we took, uh, Nan Curvis. 13 games of football he's played, and he's gone from being a, a newbie 13 games ago to being on an AFL list. That's stunning. Pete, you might have to actually restart and come back in. So 13 games, uh, he's gone from, I think it was Bentley football club or Bentley High School or Bentley something to an AFL list. Um, the club rates him highly. He's very raw, but he's got some tricks. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that young lad develops uh, along with uh, you know the other lads that we've drafted as well. I'll just give Peter a moment to see if he can reinstate himself. Because um, uh, it'll be a shame to finish up without saying goodbye to him. Um, drop a question in chat if you've got anything uh, anything you'd like to uh, talk about before we go. Peter, have I got you now? Like something's not plugged in, mate. <laughs> going on? What's going on? Oh, dear. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Haggis on the weekend and that'll be it for us uh, in terms of our live streams uh, I do plan to do some short videos um, over the course of the off season on uh, YouTube so if you're not already subscribe to us on YouTube and you'll see our uh, little bits and pieces going there Pete you're back oh, um, I've got no idea what happened there that's just talk about gremlins that's really annoying anyway sorry go on well, what happened was it's our last show and it wouldn't have been the same without a bit of a tech glitch. <laughs> no, that's right. Had to so, be a tech glitch. Yeah, so I'm just uh, wrapping up, Pete. Yeah, um, easy. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming back. But I was just saying, it's <laughs> been great to have you on. Your insight into the juniors has been fantastic. And, uh, Thank you. Good, good to have you back and hopefully uh, we'll be able to do Tuesday Night Live again next season. Uh, look, I've really um, thoroughly enjoyed... Uh, being back and being able to be back on a Tuesday night. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed being able to just sort of go through things in a, in a pretty relaxed manner. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, as I said, it's been a lot of fun. So I've, uh, I've appreciated the chance to come back on and chat about footy, which we all love. Fantastic. All right. Well, I won't drag it on tonight. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Thanks to everyone who's watched us and chatted with us on YouTube during the course of the season. 
Um, thanks to a uh, big thank you to all the people that have supported us on Patreon. Yes, Razor and JMac, your mugs are coming and your stickers, damn it. Um, but for now, for 2021, Peter, we're going to wrap it up. Say goodnight well, and wish everyone a, everyone a safe and happy festive season. And uh, we'll be back in the new year. Do it all again. Thanks for Thanks very much to all. Much appreciated. Thanks, Spain. Really appreciate it. See you guys. Cheers.